0: Okay, Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, the Gospel according to Luke, and if you have your Bible or your Testament open and keep it open, at Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, God has a word for you this morning, that I have no doubt of, and he wants to speak into your heart and minister to you. The thing is, will we obey what we hear? That's the problem. We can be hearers of the word and not doers. So not only hear this morning, but obey. And whatever the Lord whispers into your heart, you say, Lord, I'm going to obey you this morning. Um, Luke's Gospel, chapter 22 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. You know, if we had no other references in the Bible to the devil, this would be enough. Because the Lord Jesus said so there's a real devil and myriads of demons. And if ever there were at work, they're at work at this moment, in this hour in which we live. And you better believe that. All the demons of hell are out to destroy. Jesus said there's a devil. And there's hundreds of passages in Scripture to back it up, for he encountered the devil. Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But, and that's one of the blessed buts, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted or changed, he was already a Christian, he was already converted. That word mean when thou art changed and when this trial has done its work with you, when you're Strengthened and When you're changed, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice. Deny that thou knowest me what solemn words. Amen. In the late 1950s, my father built a cow buyer, a sailor pit. And Concrete created the farmyard down at Lower Laraine, on the banks of the Erne, as we call it. The sand that this venture for this venture was harvested just a couple of hundred yards away from her house, on the bay, on the shore. That was the year that closed the sluice gates up at Enniskillen and opened them at Ballyshannon and billions and billions of water that prevented it coming down from the upper lock, and billions and billions of of tons and gallons of water flowed out into the Atlantic, down through Ballyshannon and out into the Atlantic Ocean. The reason for doing that was to reclaim the shoreland My father had a mile of shore and it was flooded all the time. And by taking out the billions and billions of gallons of water, it reclaimed a whole lot of good land that was made into good land for the farmers on the shore. We had the job off. They're on the sand from the bay. Day and night Dexter tractors and Ferguson tractors went into action until we had drawn up no farther than from here to the gate a mountain of sand. And then Willie, the builder that was doing this building, he came along one day and he put his hand into the mountainous sand and he lifted it up and he shook it. He says, you can't build with that. It'll have to be sifted. So they presented two big sieves like the size of a car tire each and a small wee mesh in the bottom of it. And who do you think had to do the shaking? But you young boys, and when we complained, they said, you weren't complaining when you were sitting on the tractors. And some ignorant boy with a shovel with wet sand would fill it up and you'd hardly be able to lift it. But that shaking and that this sifting had to go on and went on and on and on until we were sore sick and tired of it. And the wee bits of wood and the bits of dirt and the bits of hard clay were all on one side. And the pure sand was on the other side. It was hard work. And I never read this portion of Scripture here, but I go way back to those days on the shore of Loch Erne. Now, the context here is because there's sifting here. And the context here is it's Passover night. It's on the eve of the denial and betrayal and crucifixion of the Savior. Supper has ended. Judas has departed. Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. And he tackles um, those disciples who were questing for power. And then he turned. To Simon Peter. And here's what he says in verse 31. And the Lord said. Simon. Simon. Now let me stop a wee moment there. Because ever you get the repetition of a name. Especially from the mouth of God. Then you need to listen carefully. And maybe this morning. He's going to call you twice. And you listen. You see, the repetition of the name meant the solemnity and the clarity and the urgency. Something big is to follow. Remember Abraham? When he lifted his hand with the knife to slay his bound son Isaac on the altar in Mount Moriah, God called Abraham, Abraham! Abraham! Touch not the lad. You remember Martha when she was cumbered about with much serving, all agitated and all worked up, and Jesus says, Martha, Martha. You remember Saul on the road to Damascus when he fell down, and the cry came up, full of anger, full of the devil, and God from heaven said, Saul, Saul, Moses, Moses. At the Red Sea. And here it is, Simon, Simon. Satan has desired to have thee, that he might sift his wheat. Now listen to what I'm going to say to you this morning. That's the only place in the Word of God where you get an individual sifted. And the word sift here, and I know all about it, let me tell you. The word sift here means to shake to the core. It means to separate. It means to isolate one thing from another. In fact, one round another is tossed to and fro. And this goes to Peter. Now you'll find it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This this sifting, this change, this rattling. You'll find it in, in 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 reference to nations. God says there's a day coming when I will shake all nations. That's happening at the moment. God's shaking every nation in the world at the moment. Every one of them. You'd have never thought this time last year that the nations would be rattled and shaken the way they are this morning. The eternal God's hand is shaking the nations. May you make no mistake about it. Whenever this thing broke, the first message I preached out there in the door was from Psalm 78, God says this is a thunderbolt from heaven. A thunderbolt. Some of them some of them are not listening too well. You know, they're not talking now about waves, they're talking about tsunamis. They've changed the vocabulary, the politicians and the presenters and the pundits they're all talking, listen to the news they're all talking about, about tsunamis of death that by the middle of November there'll be a hundred dying every day scaring the life out of the people and they're telling us they're telling us that, 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 that this, they're, they're telling us that this is just it's not fact it's not fact. it's speculation it's not prediction. And we're expected to believe. You and I are expected to believe unsaved, un, unsaved, fallen men with all their brains. We're supposed to believe them and not believe God. Well, i believe believing God. Wasn't it somebody said you don't need an army to conquer a nation? All you need is fear. God knows it's bad enough from conquering the nation, but conquering the church. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Jesus, the Word of God in Hebrews says in the last days. Oh, we're going to have an awful tsunami of job losses, an awful tsunami of marriage breakdown, street riots, and looting and plundering. There's not one mention of prayer. They're more concerned that they get into the pub while the pubs are closed. You want to meet your mother now, you have to go to the pub to meet her. Your granny. There's not one mention of prayer. There's no talk, my friend, of the tsunami of abortions. There's no talk about the tsunami of sodomites. There's no talk about the, about, about the tsunami of pornography and adultery and everything else. They haven't learned the lesson, but they'll learn. Well, if I God, it'll be a big thunderbolt the next one. Now, last week I preached on COVID-19 and the stirring. If you want the message, you'll get it on CD or somewhere else. I'm preaching this morning on COVID-19 and the sifting. The sifting. Because God's calling a remnant and he's sifting them to build. To build. Now he can't build. Willie Willie Hazard was right. He can't build without. They'll have to be sifted. It'll have to be shaken. It'll have to be separated. And if God's going to bring revival, my friend, and he's going to build his church, and he will build his church, and if he's going to bring revival into this land and into this province, then I'm telling you, he will need a ramen, and that ramen will need to be sifted. They'll need to be shaken. They'll need to be clean. They'll need to be pure. They'll need to be holy. Men and women. But I've never read of any move of God without it. Going back to the scene on the farmyard in the late 50s, there was a Welsh man who was the main builder with Hazard. He's a man the name of John Davies. And we used to put him up put him up, buckets of mortar onto the scaffold. And, and he'd stick the towel in and you'd see him looking in. And then he'd tip a wee bit out, wee bit out, wee bit out. I think the Lord has a lot of tipping out to do. Now we're back at this text this morning. Satan, here's what Jesus said. Listen, Satan has desired. Now you can come to me if I'm wrong. I may be, but I don't think I am. That the only place, this is the only place that you'll get this Greek word, desire. Desire. Now, now you listen this morning, because mothers and fathers, we're all up against it now with our children and with our home and with everything else. The devil's rampant. This, This word means to demand or put forward emotion. So the devil has demanded. Now, remember this, the devil can't command anything to do with the child of God. Do you hear that now? But he can demand. And that demand depends on whether the Lord allows it or not. He can't do what he likes. He's a defeated foe. He's a liar. He can't do what he likes. He had to do the very same thing with Job. He had to ask God for Job and for his son. He told God, he says, you put a hedge around Job's farm and Job's house and Job's children, I can't get near him. The devil said, you don't think he's sovereign, do you? I can't get in near Job. I'm asking you permission. I'm demanding. All right, the Lord says, I'll let you in. Only touched not his life, and you know the story better than I know it. The devil could not touch. Now listen to what I'm going to say to you. The devil could not touch one fly on the back of the seven thousand sheep and the three thousand camels, ten thousand head. The devil couldn't touch a wee fly on the back of anything unless God allowed. And you take comfort from that this morning. You that's battling this morning with all sorts of questions. If you're a child of God and born again this morning, you're as safe as Moses was in the ark of bulrushes. Safe to the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. Not one shaft can hit to the God of love sees fit. The devil can command all he likes He can't touch me until God allows it. And if God wants me to die with something, he knows what I'm going to die with. That's all laid out. And I'm not running feared of anything. For my times are in. My times are in his hand. I want you to notice something else Here. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired. The Lord knew what Satan was thinking. Isn't it great this morning to know that we have a God who knows what Satan's at? Isn't it great to know when we lie our head down on the pillow at night we know that God knows what the enemies of hell are plotting and planning and trying to do? What I be worrying for? No need sleeping tablets. He, he knew. God knew, knew all. He, knows the, he knew exactly what he was planning. What he was going to do. What he, what he would have done with Peter. What he would have done with Job. He knows the very heart of the devil. He knows all things. When I cheer up this morning. I can tell you if it were not for the blood sprinkled on the doorposts of our houses and our homes and our tractors and our cars and our children and our schools, he'd make havoc of us. (laughs) If it were not for the intercessory prayers Monday, Wednesday and Friday in this house, I believe that the devil would be having an awful heyday. The Lord had to give permission to the devil to touch Peter and to sift him. The Lord says, All right, I'll, I, I want him sifted. Well, that's the rest of the story this morning. So there's the permissive. God's permission, God's perception. He could look into the very heart of Satan. He knows what the demons are planning for me today and for this church and for this people. So there's the per the permission and the per and the purpose. It was a twofold purpose this sifting. It was for his own good and we're going to deal with that now. And it was for the good of others. For his own good And I'm going to show you that as we close For his own good And for the good of others Now first of all And we're only touching the fringe here For his own good The boasting The boasting needed to be shook out of him Rattled out of him And God's going to do that and God took the boasting out of this man and he'll take the boasting out of you too. Don't you be boasting about your houses or your cars or your land or your education or your degrees or anything else. The Lord can take them like that. Boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day will bring forth. I tell you we haven't time to go around the boastings of Peter but Peter, Peter was boasting He says, All these boys, Lord, will forsake you, but I'll not. I'll go to prison. I'll go to death. In a few verses, he was cursing and swearing. Wasn't he? In a few verses, he's denying Christ. He's cursing. And he's Peter. Yes, Peter. And he needs all that shook out of him. And you need it shook out of you, too. Oh, we sing sometimes, I'll go with him. I'll go with him all the way. (laughs) And then we sing, the. I will go with him through the judgment. Would you? We don't know what we're talking about or what we're singing about. Open Doors have reported that 77 people per day are being martyred for their faith, were martyred for the faith in 2019. 77 per day, and that's only in 50 countries. And here's the way they die for their faith they'll stand for Jesus. And there's no little or no word compared to what you know. where you were brought up in it, and Bibles everywhere. Born to life. Crucified. tarred and beheaded. And their children made to watch them. I wonder if the authorities, and we're coming near something like this, and you mark my word now. There's a big control thing going on. And I'm not listening to any other preacher. I'm just listening to God. What would it be when the day... You see, nobody thought that we'd be in this state. Nobody thought this time last year that COVID-19 would come in as quick or do as much harm. Well, let me tell you, persecution can come as quick. And it's on the way. And I wonder what the case would be if we get an edict signed and sent to us here and the police stand at the gate and they stand at the, uh, up at the grill there and they said, you can't worship anymore here. Oh, now we better obey the authority. We better obey the law. We better go home to the attic and look out the window. Oh. I wonder would there be many coming over the river. I wonder would there be many coming down the bank. I wonder, wonder would there be many saying, "If we need God said He'd pour out the spirit." You know, He said He'd pour out the spirit. God gave me a promise thirty-three years ago. He says, "I will pour out my spirit." And he gave me a promise for this corner that I have held tight to for 33 years, and nobody can deny me that. He didn't say it'd be poured out in the manse. He didn't say it'd be poured out over YouTube. He says it'll be poured out there. You'll see the God moving in the valley. And I believe that. And not one thing will ever shake me from that. I tell you, I got many to shift. Many to shake But not one thing will shift me from that. And if I stand on this pulpit on my own, then I'll still stand for the promise I have is as good today as it was yesterday. Oh, I'll go with you all the way. He had to get rid of the boasting. Secondly, he had to be shifted and shaken from the bargaining. He was a bargainer, Peter, you know. Remember whenever the rich young ruler came to the Lord and the Lord said to the rich young ruler, sell all that you have and give to the poor and come follow me. Peter just spoke up like a flash. He says, we have followed thee. What will we, what'll we get? <laughs> he says, we have given up our nets and a few fish and a few old broken nets and a few old boats. We have given them all up for you. What, what, what will our reward be? don't you start bargaining with God do you know what you'll get you'll get a cross upside down maybe that's what you'll get you'll not be getting any accolades mind you any man that wants to go through and follow the Lord in these last days I'll tell you it's not for the faint hearted sifting sifting the bargaining had to be put out of them. Don't you start to dictate to God now what way to do things. Or if Lord you do this and I'll do other. That is not a cattle mark. God's not a cattle, mar- a, cattle, a, 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 a cattle dealer. He'll do it his way or no way. And if you're looking for something, if you're thinking about coming into the ministry and you're looking for some big house or some big money or some prestige of a job, forget about it a thousand times. Forget about it. Way out and get a job somewhere. Don't be barring. And then the battling. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he drew this. He was going to take on the whole legion of the Roman army, Peter. But he must give it to Peter. Oh, there's many great things I could say about Peter. He pulled the sword and he whipped the knee of the, of the, of the, of the high priest's servant. And the Lord said, put the sword up, Peter. Now, this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, I would fight. And our kingdom is not of this world. It's not to do with Stormont. And it's not to do with Westminster. It's our kingdom is God's kingdom. Put it up. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now quickly, look at verse 32. But I prayed for you. but I prayed for you. He had been praying before this. He says, I have prayed for you. The Lord's not just jumping to pray now because the devil has said he's going to tackle. The- what, oh, what are we going to do? The devil's going to... No, no. He says, I have prayed for you. I'm going to allow this, Peter. I'm going to allow it. He was praying before Satan long approached him. God knew what Satan wanted to do and he allowed him to do it. And listen, there's things he allows to happen in your life for your good and for your purpose as you see now as the close. Listen, don't fight against it. Don't fight against it. Child of God, we need to submit. Whatever the testing, whatever the trial, whatever the shaking, whatever you're going through, he knows. And he knows the moment he will stop it too. He knew the moment he started it and he'll know the moment to stop it and it'll be in his time when the job's done, when the sifting's over and the pebbles and the dirt's all out and the He has made you something that he wants you to be for a purpose that you see now. Now, you see this word prayer here? I have prayed. That's the word bind. That's binding intercessory prayer. You get a, a, a a Greek concordance and you'll discover that that word's not used all that often. He's not, saying, he's not saying to the father, Father, just, just now remember Peter now. He's going through a wee trial and he's not feeling too well. And No, no. No. This is desperate, personal, intercessory prayer, not because he needed to do it, but to show us. That's what we need to do. When we come up against the enemy. And he's still doing that. He had prayed for Peter, he did pray for Peter, and he's still praying. He that ever liveth to make intercession for us. This is desperate prayer. This is to teach us that when we're going into this area of satanic power, we need men and women who can desperately pray. See, it's past the wee prayer meeting now. And prayer, you know, is not something that you can just say, turn on tomorrow and say, I'm going to come to the prayer meeting on Monday night and Wednesday night and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek God and I'm going to enter. You just can't do that, you know. You have to build this up. You see, people are talking about, oh, the terrible day and the terrible hour and the terrible dilemma and all the things that are going on. But my friend, should we not be praying? See, the devil has to be challenged. He has to be confronted. He has to be resisted. And he has to be bound. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of the strongholds. We need the armor on. We need the bind, and I don't know, but maybe next week. I'm not sure about this, but maybe next week I'm going to preach on COVID-19. On the shielding. And the shielding. What word do you hear, Lord? the shielding. Well if ever the people of God needed shielded, they need it now. If ever they needed the shield up. I close with these. There's three times, maybe four in the scripture that this word this word prayer that's used here is used And one of the times is for the winning of souls. Now listen, if you're not saved here this morning, I tell you there's tears on Wednesday and Monday and Friday nights. There's tears in your home. There's tears from your mother. There's tears from your father. We want to see you saved. And there's no point in praying a wee mumble of a prayer to say, save him or save her. I tell you, my friend, that will never do. Matthew 9 and 36, the Lord looked at the multitude and he was moved with compassion. He says, the harvest is truly plentiful and the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore. The Lord of the harvest that he'll send laborers for the wheels, Jesus says the fields are white. And when barley fields are white, they're starting to rot. It's nearly too late to lift it. And the fields are white already on the harvest. There's thousands of souls out there, my friend, this morning, and they're not saved, and some in our own family, and they're not saved. The greatest duty that you have, Father, is to cry to God. So it's used in winning souls, it's used in keeping saints here, because Peter could say after this was all over, kept by the power of God and his intercessory prayers will keep you tomorrow and keep me tonight and keep you in the days that lie ahead glory to God he's praying when you're asleep. but also it's used in the moving of the spirit and that's why I want to pray like the way I pray and that's why I want to see men and women pray because in Acts chapter 4, after they'd been released from prison and they went together into the house to their own company, when they had prayed, and that's the same word, when they had interceded, when they had desperately prayed, the place was shaken. It was shaken. That's the prayer that will shake the powers of hell. Boy, I'll tell you, wouldn't it be mighty to see a move of the Spirit of God and all these scientists and all these boys looking, what's going on here? What's happening here? What is this all about? Men and women getting converted and testifying and singing and preaching and, and everybody's full of the Lord and we're all full of doom. Lastly, the permission, the perception, the and the purpose, twofold, one for himself. And I've only dealt with a wee bit of that, those two things, or three things. But then it says, that ye may strengthen, establish, and encourage your comfort. When it's all over, Peter, you'll be a great blessing to others. <laughs> and so he was. He wrote two epistles. Read them. Preached on the day of Pentecost. Do you know that fifty or sixty days after Peter cursed and swore and denied the Lord, he standing up preaching the gospel and soldiers getting saved? Oh now don't be letting that boy in there, he's a bad rascal. He was cursing and blaspheming was fifty or sixty days before. God got a hold of him, My friend, God can change lives. He can transform men and women. He can turn persecutors into preachers. Hallelujah. And he's doing it in our province. And he's doing it in our land. And he has done it in this church. He says, you'll be a great blessing and you'll be a great comfort to others. You see, the Lord never, somebody said this, the Lord never brings us into a trial just for our own good, but always for the good of others. You that have had the bad news and have suffered cancer and chemotherapy and radiotherapy and all that, do you know the Lord allowed that? But you make use of it. You make use of it. He has brought you through that so that you might comfort and strengthen and help others that are in the same place. Some of you this morning know what it is to lose your wife or your husband. You strengthen others who are just going through the same. You know very well this morning the trials that hit our home and hit our families, and that God has brought us through them. Let us not be selfish with them. Let us share with others. Let us listen for the bleeding heart of somebody else and strengthen them and establish them and encourage them. For that's what the word is in the faith. And while Peter failed and fell and cursed and blasphemed, his faith stood. The devil wanted to wipe him out. No matter what our past is this morning, no matter how we have failed him in the week that is gone, no matter what we have said or what we have done, listen, he has prayed for us and you're still saved this morning. And he wants to use you to his glory and to his honor, and to his praise. And may you and me learn from the sifting and from the griddle. May we learn, my friend. And may God purify us that we would be holy vessels unto the Lord for the building and for the day that's coming. May we be ready. May God bless this word. Let us pray. father we just thank you this morning oh we thank you for your ways lord they not our ways we fear the sifting we fear the griddle oh god we fear but lord we know that like job and like peter that all things work together for good lord let us this morning say lord just have your way in my life I'd rather go through the fires with thee than go into the hellfire. Lord, we just pray this morning for those dear people that at this moment are being executed for their faith. Wherever they are, Lord, and whoever they are, we pray, O God, this morning, that thou will give them an abundant entrance into thy presence. And Thou will help us, Lord, to appreciate what we have and to not let it slip and to not let it go and not let the devil rob our children and rob our families and rob us of the joy of the Lord and what You're going to do. We give all this unto Thee this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen.